Bush is in the house from BibleandBusiness.com. Welcome back, man. Hey, I'm glad to be back. We uh we are going to reserve our happy anniversary wishes to um following the break because we have a little song we'd like to sing. So <laughs> I'm just reserving that. Okay, so we're going to have to talk about how to do church differently. Um, we got Barna research out that you know is talking about just the extraordinary number of churches that had comorbidities heading into COVID. They are not going to survive. Um, those sheep are going to be looking for new flocks. We have a lot of people who have come to Christ in the midst of the coronavirus. They need worshiping communities that are going to integrate them and disciple them. Um, and then we just have a lot of people who've just sort of dropped off the fringes. Um, and we need to find a way to uh, to reach back out to those who have, I mean, maybe the language has fallen away, but certainly disconnected from the body in this season. You got some thoughts on how we're going to maybe do some things differently that, um, you know, where church is going to be church in different ways, in new ways. Yeah, I, church is, um, uh, how, do, how do I say this? Uh, traditional uh, evangelicals think about church as four meetings on Sundays, and then we have other stuff going on during the weeks. But it's the Sunday morning services, I think, if you were to say, what is church? People would say, well, it's going to it's going to church on Sunday morning. It's, it's going and meeting on Sunday mornings. Okay, I don't think that's uh, just evangelical Christians. I think that's uh, all Christians. I think that's yeah, and, Resurrection Day people. Okay, and when let's throw the Catholics in there too. They're going to mass. No, that's what right? I'm saying. Yeah. That's why. That's yeah. why I said it that way. I think that's yeah. Christians. Yeah. So what? What I, I guess the macro of what I'm trying to say is instead of viewing these other things during the week as bolt-ons or add-ons uh, to what real church is, what I'm what I'm mulling over in my head is the fact that sometimes these other things are going to be the conduit at which we connect people to God and to us, and then over time, we connect them to the larger body. Completely. So you have a small... yeah, 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 yeah. So the first thing I, I'm doing is not inviting somebody to join me in worship on Sunday morning. The first thing I'm doing is manifesting to them what it looks like to be in a relationship with a Christian, how my life is different, um, and allow the gospel to sort of ooze out in such a way that they're like, I, I need I need what they have. And, and they, yeah. And then along yeah. the way, I can invite them to church. Eventually. Well, I can invite them to Sunday morning worship. Maybe we should distinguish it that way. Yeah, I'm being that, and, the church. I'm being the church out there all the time. But I'm going to invite them to Sunday morning worship at some point along the way. Yeah, and that's why I kind of phrase it as we can do church in a number of different places, and we can do church uh, over a number of different shared interests. Uh, and, yeah. And that way— we we connect them because people who are on the fringe or people who are completely unchurched, uh, and it's hard to say that word, but people who are completely disconnected from God, their first entree into a relationship with Jesus Christ probably is not going to be coming to a service. It's going to be connecting with somebody who genuinely cares about them and loves them and with whom they have a shared interest. Uh, you can almost take um, Everett's uh, Everett Rogers' book, uh, Diffusion of Innovations, and you could apply it to how we bring people into the church. And I know nobody knows this book. Uh, it, yes, he, it's about wrote, disintermediation. I I am familiar with this book. That's a, I like this intermediation. Yeah, how this we're becoming oh. more yeah more and more fragmented. These intermediating institutions are being replaced by people going directly to 
sources. And anyway, go ahead. Well, he it. was he he studied Iowa farmers in the fifties, and what he was trying to figure out was how do we get Iowa farmers to adopt a new hybrid seed of corn? Okay, these old crusty dyed in the wool guys, right? How do we how do we get them to accept an innovation? And he he was the guy who came up with change management, the early adopters, late adopters, laggards, that that whole piece. He's the guy that came up with that. And when you know when you apply that to how we share the gospel, the first thing we have to do is connect with people where they are over what interests them. And when we connect with them that way and start to share our lives, then they are drawn to us. And as they hear us talk about the Lord, then they start to be drawn to the Lord. It has to start with relationships, and it gets messy because we have to share our lives, not invite them to an event. And that takes more time. It takes more effort. It takes more involvement. But that's how I think church is going to have to change here moving forward. Apparently, Iowa farmers are ready for um, all kinds of change, according to my Googling <laughs> during our conversation. They're, they're, are you serious? They have a Seeds of Change Award. I mean, they have oh all kinds my. of stuff going on in Iowa in relationship to seeds <laughs> and corn. And yeah, I, we probably should have them on to talk about all the changes related to that. Okay, um, you Bill, you we have to take a very brief break. Can, when we come back, can we pivot um, conversations? I, I had a person um, who just yesterday said out loud, my husband and I need a different kind of giving plan in 2021. And I think that's because some of the things that they have traditionally given to and the ways that they have traditionally given, they have been like event givers. They have been part of the group of people that gets invited to lots of different events and they write checks at those events. Well, those events haven't happened this year. And so either those asks have been different or they haven't been asked. And so they're arriving toward the end of the year and they are recognizing that they have not given in this year nearly uh, at their capacity, I mean, nowhere near their capacity. And um, and so they they need a giving strategy for the year end and then also for the year ahead. So can we talk a little bit about that, um, you know, how to be more generous as Christians, particularly for people who have some capacity to give here at year end or, um, or in the coming year? Yeah, I'd be happy to. All right. I'd love that. That's up next here with Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. For a cheerful toast and fill happy, <laughs> happy anniversary to Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. Hey, thank you. 27 uh, years, 27 right? years with my lovely bride, Kathy. And Kathy, I just want to say thank you for marrying me. I'm not sure that you would do it again, but I would. And so <laughs> very happy, very happy that it's our 27th. I love that. That's that's wonderful. Um, we want to be people who honor marriage. Absolutely. So um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Let's talk oh, about welcome. Christians and generosity and some of the challenges posed, but also some of the opportunities that, that are out there. Uh, challenges posed when it, when it, when it uh, comes to being more generous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge is there's a lot of need, uh, mm-hmm. and so you have to steward your cash well. You have the need is not the call. Um, I, I picked mm. up on that early on. Just because there's a need doesn't mean God is calling you to give to it or to get involved in it or to meet that need in some way. So there, there's a little bit of attention here in what we're going to talk about in this segment. Um, so steward your cash well. Consider carefully to whom, and and or to what. 
you are giving. And I get that from Matthew 7, 6. Do not give what is holy to dogs. Do not throw your pearls in front of pigs, lest they trample them with their feet and turn around and tear you to pieces. Not all Christian ministries are dogs. I'm not saying that. Not everything that we can give to in Christianity is, is pigs. But there are some needs out there that the, your money would be misused. And so you have to have discernment. You have to have discernment about your cash, because the cash that God has entrusted to you is holy. It is sacred. And how you spend it should be under the direction of the Holy Spirit, not based on the emotional tug need or the heartstrings that they pull. Um, so you so you got to be careful who you um, who you give your cash to. That's the that's the warning piece of that. All right, and then the the sort of joy piece, right? Um, right. Talk talk about that. Talk about. I mean, it's fun to give. It is. It is. It is. And and the more you give, the funner it gets. If I can use that word. Yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> funner funner is a better better word of the day than disintermediation. I'm just going right out there and throwing that out there. You can have funner. Go ahead. You know. You you know. You live on the edge, don't you? You know. You I really. Do. You take risks. No, I've been playing a lot God... of Scrabble. I've been playing a lot of Scrabble, and I am definitely – I used uh, Squawker in uh, the first hour, and then I wrote it down, and I'm like, that is an excellent Scrabble word. Ooh, All right, that's, that's all. See, I'm just telling you, yeah, Squawker, like the Hawkers right. and the Squawkers. Anyway, all right, back to this okay, conversation. The, the joy part. God rescued us from certain destruction by giving us his very best, his son. Mm-hmm. He gave us everything he had to redeem us. And so God's heart is, in part, a generous heart. There's other aspects to his heart, but his heart is very generous. And so we give generously because we reflect the heart of God. Uh, Leviticus 25, verse 35 through 38, if, if your brother becomes poor, cannot maintain himself, you shall support him as though he were a stranger and a sojourner. And he shall live with you. By the way, take time and go through the Old Testament and look up all the commands that Israel had to follow when it came to strangers. What is it like to be a stranger in the land? And then going back, uh, take no interest from him or profit, but fear your God. Uh, Don't lend him any money at interest. Uh, Don't give him your food at profit. Why? Because I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt into the land of Canaan to be your God. I rescued you from Egypt, God says. Therefore, you are kind and generous to the stranger. God says in in Colossians 1 that he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son. That's why we are generous with people who have need. Mm. Out of the overflow of of who God is, you know, like we we are created, and out of the overflow of God's character... We, I mean, it's there's this abundance reality yes. of who God is. There's, it's not, there's not a, he's not lacking um, in anything. There's not, you know, he's not going to run out of resources for us to share with others. There's a way to think about things that is different when you're a Christian in terms of not only the access that we have to God's abundance, um, but to the joy of being conduits of that grace. And his abundance is will be especially displayed in heaven. See, when we give to people here on earth, we are building up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And Christ said, do this. Use the treasures in heaven as a motivation for giving away your wealth now. 
And God created an economic system such that wealth is a renewable resource. So we can go out and create more wealth to give it away. And so we can create more wealth so we can give it away. And all the time we're building up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And that's a legitimate, holy motivation, right? And his yeah. abundance his abundance cannot be outdone when it comes to giving treasures in heaven. It, it just can't. Yeah, you are a bigger pie guy. You are, when you talk about, um, you know, wealth creation and the opportunity to create wealth, and then, you know, that creates even greater opportunities to be generous and advance the kingdom. Um, it's because you rightly believe that the pie is not a limited resource that must just be carved up into smaller and smaller pieces for more and more people, but that the pie itself is can be bigger. You are a bigger pie guy. I am. I, I know. And it, and it better be cherry pie. <clears throat> so <clears throat> Those like really those like tart cherries from like Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or yeah, mm. or uh, or Dutch apple. But yeah, I'm a bigger mm. pie guy. Wealth is a renewable resource. God is the Dutch apple the, pie the one with the crumbly stuff on the top? Yes, of course. Yes, oh. and and warmed up with vanilla. Oh, ice cream. Mm. Oh, but God gives us the ability to create wealth. Yeah. And if it was if it was a limited pie, He couldn't say that, and He says that in Deuteronomy eight, and so. Um, if if the pie was fixed, he couldn't give everybody or at least certain people the ability to create, to innovate, to make more wealth. And as we make more wealth, like Susanna Wesley said to John Wesley, work as hard as you can to make as much as you can so you can give away as much as you can, right? And so we can go out and we can create wealth, but not so that we can live in some high, fancy, wonderful, beautiful, fabulous, marvelous house so that we can give it away and create a treasure for ourselves in heaven which will far exceed any house that we could buy here on earth. And God, uh, Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us there. And uh yes. and he's coming and he's back to get us when it's ready. So I just it's so he's working great. on it. He's working on he's it. He's got he's got the carpenter on. That's exactly <laughs> right. You love it. And he's got right. Dutch apple for lunch, I'm telling you. Yeah, there's no question. No question about it. There is Dutch apple pie on the table and for people in Wisconsin, it's got cheese on it. Yep. Right. Yep. And you know what? Did they come and... up with that, by the way, the sharp cheddar cheese on top of the apple pie? Did that happen? Does that originate in Wisconsin? It feels like it might have. It must have because, mm. oh, my gosh, that's such a horrible idea. Anyway. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. No, let's not, degrade the, let's not degrade the cheese people in Wisconsin. Okay. So um, we've right. celebrated the Iowa farmers. Let's also celebrate the dairy farmers in Wisconsin today, even yes. as we are celebrating yes. the veterans and Bill English's 27th anniversary. It is a day of celebration. Let them eat pie. All right. Hey, um, pie is not just in the sky. For the people of faith, um, pie is right here and right now. And it's not even Taste and See Tuesday. All right, Bill English, thank you so much. we got to take a break for Breakpoint.